everybody. Welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host. It's your girl Shanice coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 276 and today's topic is Surviving El Chapo, the podcast series from 50 Cent. Salute to 50 Cent and Charlie Webster. Y'all know we support everything 50 Cent over here on this platform. I will be recapping season two, episode four, five, and six. Very, very deep stuff. Y'all know I love the cartel talk, so I can't wait to recap it and talk about it. Y'all already know how we do over here on this platform, so we're about to get into it and break it down like we do over here. Really quick, if you need to get in touch with me, my Facebook is Alicia Shanice, Instagram, Alicia Shanice Reviews, email Alicia Shanice Reviews 13 at gmail.com. You can inbox, DM, or email me if you have any special recap requests, but that being a television show, a movie, or a docuseries, or even a music album. Or if you have any businesses or brands or music that you're working on, hit me up so I can, you know, get your recap request out and support you spread what you're talking about out to the world you know i love whom loves me and i love to support who supports me now all about spotify if you listen to the podcast on spotify can you hit the follow button it likes really help your girl out and if you're on spotify please follow my playlist i got every genre for music because your girl got some long range music ears all you have to do is type in shanice loves One of the playlists will populate. Click on the picture profile. It takes you to the rest. And I'm talking about every genre. So on that note, let's go ahead and jump into the show. And let's talk Surviving El Chapo. Hey y'all, it's your girl Shanice and I'm just coming in and checking in with y'all to remind y'all to protect y'all energy as I always say. Life is at, you know, we have very different stresses at all time high. Why not go ahead and take you guys a nice vacation at a reasonable price with a trusted travel agent, you know? And that could be a solo trip, a trip with your boo thing, a family trip, a girl's trip, a guy's trip, whatever. Just let me let y'all know this right now. Visit tbookedit, T-B-B-O-O-K-E-D-I-T. Follow them on Instagram, on Instagram, or you can send them an email at tbbookedit at gmail.com. The world is a beautiful place. Let them go ahead and help you discover it. Go ahead and release those stress vibes and go ahead and enjoy your vacation. At TB Booked It, they got all the reasonable deals. And just let them know, your girl Shanice, she sent you there. Her name is Shanice. And she's the one. Hey, y'all. 
I'm talking to, but. y'all let's get into the show we had to open it up off that old school big all right so today we are recapping episodes four five and six surviving el chapo this episode was everything um pull up the description here Jay and Pete adjust to their separate realities in prison. Jay ends up in a prison with better conditions while the opposite happens for Pete. Jay puts on a a spectacle for Val in the visiting room. Pete's family, uh, family visits gets canceled and the prison is put on lockdown when El Chapo is arrested. Now, this is episode four, The Politics of Prison. It opens up and well, not opens up because we're not talking about TV show. Um, you know, with the podcast recaps, I don't do scene by scene because, of course, it's a podcast. So we're just recapping what we learned, reviewing it. I think that this whole thing that 50 is doing is so dope. Um, I always love cartel talk. So I really appreciate it. Um, I'll play a few clips as we go on. But um, in this episode, we more learned um, the full circle for Jay first before we get into Pete's condition. Because in prison, his cellmate was the younger brother um, of the uh, Felix uh, Arilano family uh, of the Tijuana cartel. (sighs) Which is irony in itself when it said that I had to like hit rewind and hear that again, like... uh, the Ariana thing, how you say that? Um, never mind. <laughs> but at a Tijuana cartel, we know that um, this is from Benjamin and Raymond. Uh, we learned a lot of the, about the Tijuana cartel while we were covering um, Narcos. And like the irony in it is the Flores brothers sold drugs for. Um, they were one of the biggest distributors in the U.S. for the Sinaloa cartel. And we all know, especially like I said, if you watch Narcos or listen to my podcast in the past and tuned in, especially for my Narcos recaps when I did the docu-series uh, for the, it was on Hulu for Narco Wars, the Sinaloa cartel and the Tijuana cartel hated each other. Like, they hated each other and hundreds were killed dealing with this war um their beef it it like i said it went back 
like it went so far back from when the big split happened they were arguing over turfs pretty much uh the tijuana because they have like some of the best routes and chapo have built a few tunnels so like they're they're sworn enemies so many people have died from that war um very important people politicians um just so much had happened with that so for the flores brothers to be um distributors for the sinaloa cartel and get incarcerated with not only the um felix family the the brother of raymond and benjamin that was something in itself and they built a good rapport with each other because he didn't really know how to the, the felix brother um he didn't really know how to move like Jay did just because Jay was from Chicago. He was from the U.S. So he knew certain politics of prison. He knew how to speak good English. So he kind of helped them out and they got acquainted. And, you know, if they would have met on the streets out of incarceration, they would have killed Jay. So just from them meeting him in that whole condition with all this stuff going on and that became his cellmate was irony in itself. So, um, like I said, if you type into, if you have Hulu, watch Narcos Wars. It's season one, episode three, and it breaks down um, everything about Sinaloa versus Tijuana and the Felix brothers um, against El Mayo and Chapo. So, also, another full circle moment we learned was from um, Jay being incarcerated with Sammy the Bull, who actually inspired, or shall I say, in his case, <sighs> That was his inspiration for turning against um, Chapo, for turning informant because of what Sammy the Bull did to the Don, John Gotti. That whole, um, he turned informant, that was Jay's inspiration when he was sitting back watching that documentary on TV. That's where that idea became, you know, where he thought about it from. So, you know, that's where he decided to be an informant and convince his twin brother, Pete, because remember, and we learned in season one, the turning informant cooperating, that was all Jay's idea. And it kind of sucks for Pete because he did agree and he made that decision himself to, to go along with his twin brother. But Pete, he went through a lot more uh, torture than Jay did, a lot more. Um, we learned Sammy would later become a cellmate with Pete later on and attempt to extort him, but they didn't really go into too much detail about that, but I'm sure we'll learn much more about that situation later on as the episodes proceed. And, uh, Sammy, Sammy was just doing a lot period behind uh, the bars when he was incarcerated. Um, he had multiple beefs. It's this guy on YouTube. He has a really big following. I can't think of his name at the moment, but uh, he had that big ecstasy ring. He has a real popular YouTube channel. I mean, real popular. He covered a lot of the cartels, the Pablo Escobar talk. Um, he was locked up with um, with uh, Sammy the Bull, too, and they had some type of falling out. So I know Sammy was definitely trying to pull, um, pull his muscle while incarcerated and he was still doing things as well so it doesn't surprise me that he tried to extort one of the brothers so we see that jay um he ends up making a bold statement that there's no such thing as a gangster and a hustler he said you can't be both um i agree but then i kind of like beg the different in a way with my civilian ass <laughs> 
But even though I'm a civilian, I do a lot of research on these topics. And I have to say, there are a few that um, definitely with some of the top gangster shit, but at the same time, very business savvy, straight hustler, a certified hustler. It is a few of them in there, but he's right. A lot of them who wants to be the muscle and wants to be just a straight killer gangster, they don't make the smartest decisions when it comes to making money like a businessman. But you do have your few that are definitely willing to do both, um, for sure. As for uh, Pete, um, we see in his incarceration journey, he was teaching Bible class, dance class, along with both twins teaching self-help classes, which was, <laughs> I know I wasn't the only one who was thinking like, yeah, okay, <laughs> Bible class, <laughs> dance class, self-help class, okay, twins, we, we see it. But we learned when Chapo was captured and escaped, um, the prison was put on lockdown for a few days because, um, you know, law enforcement was unsure if he would even get extradited over. Um, they moved up the sentencing for the twins, which by that time they had been locked up for five years. All of this had been going on for five years. When they turned informant, got over there, they're awaiting to capture Chapo all this time and they're not knowing what their fate is. This is going on for five years. And it started out sort of sweet for them because remember they were together and then they were doing a bit much with the wives and that's why it would cause their separation, which they brought that on their own, um, but it caused their separation. Um, so we've seen that they got picked up by a private jet due to they were like a high value asset to the gov government because they were the only thing they had linked to even try to get Chapo and they got the census moved up. They picked them up on a private jet. Um, we get more of a story, um, about the, the romance. They go on and on about how they showered their wives, how they did everything, um, how they sent flowers every day, you know, just stupid stuff. Because to me, the twins were doing too much when it came to Valenville. I, I got they loved them. But for them to be um, incarcerated and still awaiting sentencing and Chapo, Mayo, everybody is still free. I just thought that the stuff that they were doing, it was hazardous because to me, it was too dangerous for number one. Like anybody could have found valor viv or anybody in her family we see and we learned what they what happened to their father and it was like moving carelessly in my opinion um and as far as them talking about they didn't know they were going to extradite chapo over with mexico and a mexican government it's a whole lot of politics allegedly like i mean a whole lot of politics you know they have armies behind the cartels the cartels listen it's so many dirty politics and just to even think i, I thought it was funny because was it la last year or the year prior i'll look it up so i can make sure i'm accurate miguel felix he was released from prison and you know all this time rafa cara quintero He's been out on, he's been, you know, a fugitive. He got locked up right after that. And knowing how that system works over there and how the cartel runs every everything down to the army to 
inside the government. We learned this in Narcos. We learned this in documentaries on how corrupt it is. I didn't know if it was just, you know, if that was just a coincidence, which I don't believe in too many coincidences that, okay, Miguel Felix, all of a sudden he gets loose and then, you know, they um, find Rafa. It was just kind of weird. Um, and for Chapo to even get extradited over here, you knew it was something, if that makes any sense. It's a lot of dirty politics, and it's always somebody still running the show, and the, the game keeps moving. Even though they catch one big fish, the cartel does not stop. They bring in too much money for that. Um, it's, it's, it doesn't stop by one man. So we get to episode five, um, and then that one is called A Life's Sentence. And I'll read the description of that as well. Um, it says, with El Chapo finally captured, the Flores twins can now be sentenced. They are brought together for the first time in five years to discover their fate. And remember, they have been locked up this whole time, not able to speak, not able to have contact, but by passing along messages through the wives. That's the only how they were able to get their, you know, message across. Um, in 2014. Let's see. Um, so in this episode, it was all about the twins being transported to a safe house. You see that um, when Chapo was arrested and the prison got put on lockdown, they had to hurry up and move the sentences up. So, of course, they picked the, the twins up on a private jet, which is something that they do do. And they even mentioned it in a pod with high profile um, cases like this. You Yes, a private jet will come and pick up the prisoners when they have to testify. And they were a very high value asset because this is El Chapo. This is the cartel. Um, you know, at this time, they were the biggest dis distributors. So they were very, very um, high and they had to make sure that it was done right. And nobody would get a chance to touch them because if they did, that was their case. And they know that they didn't have a problem with killing them or any anybody in their family with the drop of a dime. So we see that they were getting transported to a safe house and they were only supposed to be at the safe house for a day. And this was in Chicago, but they end up staying there being uh, prepped for trial and, you know, getting uh, question after question after question, going over everything, making sure the story doesn't change, make sure that they have all the information that they need. But while they were in the safe house, they kept the twins separated. Now, I have to say, after listening to the brothers from season one to season two, Jay is the definition of I am my brother's keeper. Pete was in way more worse condition than Jay. And the way how, you know, we've seen how Jay was acting. He like, hold on, that's my brother. Feed him. I got to make sure he's okay. And even from both kidnappings, you know, it was always Jay coming to Pete's rescue and you know, he's just so overprotective over his twin brother. Um, the only how when they were in the safe house, they were able to talk is if they laid on the floor and shouted through the metal doors. So they were very isolated, very separated. It's not like they were just at the safe house um, having dinner together, chopping it up. And they said it was like in plain sight at the house. You, they didn't go into detail, of course, um, but they were like, it was such in plain sight, you would have never, ever thought it was two um, of the biggest P 
people that they had about to go on trial stand in this plain site, but they said it was very like you just would if you looked at the house, you would have never thought it was a safe house. It makes you wonder who's living next door to you. <laughs> so um, Pete, by this time, he was frail and he was just ready to give up. You know, he was feeling defeated and Jay had to fight for him and put fight in him. And the only thing that the brother said kept them going were their wives. I mean, no matter what happens or what they talk about, I will give them this. They always talk about how much they love Val and Viv. And uh, Jay said it was um, <clears throat> two type of convicts in the prison, those who told and those who wish they told. And I've heard that plenty of times before. Um, you get so many people in there who've lived out their years trying to stay solid. And then, you know, they didn't bend, they didn't fold, but that's where they spent their lives at. And by that time, their women had moved on. Uh, some of their boys who were supposed to look out for them and their family end up taking their family, taking their women, or either just going about their business, forgetting all about them. So I can definitely understand that. But I still believe it's accountability in this situation. You, I, I just don't believe in, and I'm a civilian, of course, but I just don't believe in, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Let me tell on anybody. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so we see that later on in the episode, Jay kind of had a revelation because at first when he was watching that documentary and he got inspired by Sammy the Bull to, you know, turn informant on Chapo and Mayo, and the cartel, he was thinking like, okay, Sammy the Bull killed 19 people. He got, what, five years? Who the, um, who the fuck is John Gotti compared to El Chapo? So he thought, you know, if they just cooperated, they probably would have got maybe two, three years. But he was mistaken. Um, they gave the twins 14. So they were very upset about that. Um, and, and here's the thing, the twins didn't just tell on Chapo, they told on multiple people. It wasn't just Chapo, it wasn't just Mayo, it wasn't just the cartel, no, 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 it was multiple people. They even brought up Jay's best friend who had been there for him, helped him get his brother back, the guy, um, Miracle in Mexico who uh, called the federales they got help get pete back from that second kidnapping they told on over 54 people and they got them life so they had families too these men saved your life so that's what i said it's still accountability um because they sometimes listening to the twins and and the wives they act like they're victims and i'm not and i'm just being honest just from the recaps you know i'm really enjoying the story i'm tune in i love it but just to be honest you know the way how the wife speak they're like but they didn't kill anybody and you know i'm just like well it's still accountability and not only that after you guys decided to cooperate you still were doing shit. that's why they're going to jail now so and then it's like you guys didn't only just take out chop on them you took out people who really saved your lives so and then you have to do that you see they give all or give nothing or you're still going to you know, do your time. 
So I get it, but it's just like sometimes they talk, they more sound like victims who didn't do anything instead of taking any accountability. And I'll play two clips particular that made me just kind of feel like, I mean, I get it, you know, but um, I get it. <laughs> but I'll play two clips and then we'll move right along to episode six. Um I'm coming guys I'm just trying to get to that particular I'm going to play two of them and this is both from episode um, four this ain't your life When a prisoner is sentenced, there is a guideline for how long they will spend in prison. The guideline is based on something called an offence level, which is determined by how serious the offence is. The maximum level is 43, which would mean a life sentence. When the twins went into their sentencing, they had an offence level of 59. That's 16 levels above the supposed maximum. Their cooperation meant levels could be taken off. It was described by government prosecutors as the most significant in a drug trafficking and money laundering context in the history of the district. In the end, the government recommended a sentence of a minimum 10 years, maximum 16. US District Chief Judge Ruben Costillo sentenced each of the brothers to 14 years in prison, plus five years supervised release. The judge said that were it not for their cooperation, he would have sentenced them to life, but noted that they were already living with their own life sentence. There is never a day in their lives where they won't have to look over their shoulder. The judge said in court this morning, there's never a time that they'll turn the ignition switch on a car and not wonder to themselves, is it going to start or is it going to blow up? That's its own form of life sentence, and that's a part of the extraordinary nature of this case. Judge Castillo said the twins' operation devastated the walls of Chicago and created a highway of drugs into the city. JMP's cooperation led to criminal charges against the three bosses of the Sinaloa cartel. El Chapo, El Mayo, and Arturo Beltran Leva. In addition, there were 51 other people charged as part of their cooperation, including their friends. People like Musico, who you might remember from the strip club night in season one. He was the person on the other end of the phone organizing for the cartel to save the Flores family's lives when they were caught by the Mexican federales. Even Tommy was charged, Jay's best friend. He was the person who helped Jay get Pete back when Pete was kidnapped by El Chapo and sat with Jay that fateful night watching the John Gotti documentary that first gave Jay the idea to cooperate. A total of 54 people had charges brought against them because of the Flores twins. Judge Castillo said, it's never too late to cooperate. I wanted to have like the best news and feel like, okay, I'm going to be home in a year and a half, or it didn't happen, you know? I was just halfway. The twins had spent nearly seven years in prison before being sentenced. 
and they now had another seven years to serve. They were only halfway through. All right, I wanted to play that clip, and then I want to play uh, the wife talking about the sentencing. Everyone was watching, and everyone was like, come back. You see Chavo escape? And it was like, unbelievable. That means an evil gene. In his cell. In the tunnel to free him. Elch introducing Uber teen account. And this, you know, I kind of, and I'm always good at that. I'll, I'll be, um, at my, I'll be super angered and then learn how to just calm myself and to soothe myself and to back into like reality and um i call it i wanted him to call so bad yeah that wasn't the clip i was talking about guys sorry about that i was looking for the one where the wife was talking about you know how devastating it was and um how they weren't killers they just sold drugs but i mean <laughs> they weren't victims that's just my humble opinion i'm not saying you know i'm not crucifying them or anything but just from observing and listening to the podcast sometimes they kind of went on like well me and you know you, you guys you guys did the crime you know so um and then you turned in for a minute on other people who helped you they had family so i mean yes it's sad for their family to be torn apart that way but you know, um, you, you did the crime, but this is a very good podcast. I'm not crucifying anybody. These are real people's lives. I'm not talking bad about them. It's just like an honest opinion of sometime as you're listening, it's just like, you know, Sammy did this and I, I only got this and I got this. Yeah, you, you did. But I mean, think about the people who just were in the game to get money certain ones i mean we know how vicious the cartels can be but not only that they were just trying to you know protect you at certain points and you turned informant on them they have wives and children as well so it's just like a messed up situation for everybody you know um it moves to episode six the um el chapo and his escape and um, I'll read the description about that. This one was a really, really good one. All three of them really, really were. The description reads, after an intense, intense manhunt, Mexican authorities recapture El Chapo and extradite him to the U.S. Pete holds the key piece of evidence and spent 18 months prepping with prosecutors to go face to face against El Chapo in the courtroom. And this episode was very, very intense. The way how he was talking about it is like you're picturing being in that courtroom with him. You're picturing, you know, the anxiety of being ready to be face to face with El Chapo and just uh, even when you think about somebody who did so much dirt dirt business with someone and just seeing them face to face and now yep it was him he did this i remember even watching the movie the good fellas and when henry testified on paulie and um you know the rest of them he <laughs> the look on paulie's face when he looked at him like you know you rat like paulie just had that look of disgust and i imagine when you do decide to make that decision to cooperate going to look at somebody face to face who you know that you guys did dealings with together and now you're just telling on everything it is like a look of disgust you know 
So episode six was more about like Chapo, like I said, and I want to play just a small news footage because they said it was everywhere, which it was when uh, Chapo escaped. <laughs> when he escaped, man, Chapo wasn't no joke with these damn tunnels. This is just one small news clip. Um, Look at your TV screen right now. This is on the search for fugitive drug lord El Chapo, okay? Pay close attention to this video. Mexican authorities have just released this closed-circuit video from inside the prison showing Joaquin El Chapo Guzman in the final moments before he broke out. So he paced back and forth. You saw that. And then in his cell. And then he goes around where the toilet is. And then you see the dramatic moment. There it is right there. Well, Chapo disappears into the tunnel. There he is. Now he's gone. At least 49 people have been questioned in connection with the escape in Mexico's interior ministry. Minister says he has fixed the prison director, fired the prison director, excuse me, and other prison officials. The dramatic moments just before or just when El Chapo disappears into a tunnel. There it is right there on your screen for the first time. And it's showing the footage of him escaping. Man, just when you think about like the cartels, and I'm not glorifying it, but when you think about like the Escobar whole ordeal with his war against the government on how he managed to maneuver him having his own prison, picking his own guards from his Sicario, his favorite Sicarios, <laughs> and Chapo just escaping prison, not once, but twice. I mean, it's just like some real just surreal boss shit i mean the stuff that they did is and i'm not glorifying it it's just like and i remember they had made a comment in narcos and i'm just like damn they like when you think about the italian mob on how yeah you know even john Gotti, you know they would bribe some jurors they do some briberies here and there maybe some little threats but uh, Escobar, he just goes and burns down the goddamn courthouse. He uh, set a bomb on a judge car. And Chapo, he's built a whole damn tunnel under the prison. Like, that's some real deal boss shit. And again, since high school, I have always been obsessed with, like, the mafia stuff. I've watched all of the mob movies, the documentaries um, on the Gotti family, the, you know, just the Gambino family. Uh, just some of my favorite movies of all time are like Goodfellas, Casino, Bugsy. Um, and when I got a hold and got to learning about the cartels, I swear, I just never looked at that type of stuff the same again. It was just like, you had never heard of this stuff. I was just a baby when, uh, you know, Pablo was a fugitive and, you know, everything happened with him. That was in 1993. And just when you get older and you just learn like, damn, this is really a part of history. No, they did this. Oh, my God. They got away with this. Like, it's just crazy, you know. And just to think about he didn't escape prison once, but twice, but twice. So they go on just to talk about the great escape where they end up finding him at the motel and how he ended up surrendering. And we all should remember when he did get incarcerated, the war that his uh son put on against the uh, law enforcement in Mexico. I mean, it was just crazy. Um, <clears throat> so we end up learning more about just how many parallels the Gotti case and the Flores brothers um, testimony was just parallel with each other. As far as like Jay, he's sitting down watching a documentary on Sammy the Bull 
of him, you know, going against Gotti, cooperating, um, giving him up. And that inspired Jay's thing. And the lawyer that ends up representing El Chapo was <laughs> the lawyer for John Gotti Jr. And he was Jay's old lawyer. So he are, the lawyer already had so much ammunition to use. I mean, of course, Chapo still did get incarcerated. But he um, that attorney, a very high-profile pro, high attorney, he was Jay's ex-attorney and John Gotti Jr.'s attorney as well. And now he was representing El Chapo. Um, they go into detail about just the anxiety and just the, the feeling of defeat that Pete was feeling because they were able to um, use him as far as testifying against Chapo. Um, it was... <sighs> Because they asked them, you know, it was the DEA when they were prepping them, they asked Pete, like, you know, are you fluent in Spanish? Are you fluent in, you know, English? Like, what all languages do you know? And he like, you know, I know uh, English, Spanish, and twin. Twin meaning, you know, him and his brother, you know, they have, not all twins have it. I think they said about 40% where they they speak their own language. They can look at each other and know what they're saying without saying something. So they decided to use Pete. And even back to Chapo, uh, the capture of Chapo, when he got uh, captured, the Mexican president had tweeted out, mission accomplished, which we, listen, <laughs> the Mexican government, I ain't even going there. But <laughs> the one show doesn't stop. We see El Mayo is still free. Um, not They haven't caught him. He's still fugitive. Um, we see how Kara Quintero was just out here doing interviews like, Let's just say the cartel ain't no joke. And I'm not glorifying it. It's just it is what it is. You know, they are no joke. Um, so um, we see that he was preparing to testify for months and months and months. And, you know, how he was getting transported back and forth to jail, to different prisons, because he had to go, uh, you know, to the courthouse. And each time that he would go to the prison, they would put him in a shoe just for his protection. And that's what they do a lot. Um, so Pete went through a lot. Um, he, he was feeling defeated at this time. He was feeling like giving up, rightfully so. And then he ended up being in the same prison where Chapo was at. So the same time that he's supposed to be testifying against Chapo, he's in. he got transported to that exact same prison. So they had to put him in a shoe. And not only that, when he did, you know, get incarcerated with just a cellmate, he was um, cellmates with the terrorists who attempted to bomb New York City. And this was the same prison that Jeffrey Epstein was at as well. So, you know, some stories in there. But um, it's just, you know, it ends with just the anxiety he was feeling going into the courtroom. All eyes were on him and it ended with just that. But I mean, just th this whole podcast series is just amazing. Shout out to 50 Cent and Charlie Webster. She does amazing. We're narrating and interviewing them. Like you could tell they're very comfortable with her. So I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, it. it the way how they describe and talk about it, it just makes you feel like you're there and you can picture everything. You can see it with your eyes. Um, but I have to say, when he, when sometimes when the twins get to talking to them, Valley Viv, they kind of, you know, just is like 
okay, I get it. But, you know, this is real deal. It's, it's real deal. It ain't no joke. And it's still going on today. Uh, when we talked about this, when I recapped episode one through three, Val and Viv just got sentenced. So I could see if, I could even see if, okay, we decided to cooperate. We're just ready to hide and change. But some stuff they did kind of bring on their own, if I'm being honest, just with the buying the Bentleys and the billboards and, you know, um, sending flowers every day. That's carelessness to me, knowing that uh, you have eyes out for you. You snitched on one of the biggest drug dealers ever. That was carelessness. I get you love, but at that time it's supposed to lay baby. I love you, but we got to go sit down. You know, you guys have children. And not only that, um, uh, like I said, just the carelessness, we seen what happened to their father, which was very sad. Um, and they kind of just didn't learn. That's why they got separated and the twins weren't able to be incarcerated with each other. But then they still were just sending flowers every day. Oh, I love Val. I can't, I get y'all love each other. But not only that, you guys were still doing business dealings. And that's why now the, the girls, the ladies, uh, the wives, they're getting ready to do a few years. So, you know, it's just, it's sad all the way around, but it's reality. It's real. And it's, it's only, listen. Shout out to 50 Cent for putting this together and doing this. I cannot wait for it to become a television show so we can see it. But I'm enjoying the podcast. I'm enjoying this audio. And y'all know I support everything 50 Cent over here. I love Cartel Talk. So I will be recapping every episode. Just not week by week because it's a podcast. So I just gather up a few and talk about it. So I enjoyed it. I hope you guys are enjoying my recaps. And if you want to learn more about the Tijuana and Sinaloa beef, check out that documentary on Hulu or go back and listen to my recap of it. Um, Very, very interesting. Very, very great stuff. Um, Just everything that they went through um, <clears throat> with the uh, Sinaloa cartel and the Felix Ariano brothers. Oh, I think I got it right that time. Ariano, yeah. The Felix Ariano brothers, uh, Benjamin and Raymond. So I am about to play my sleeper in my Joe Budden style. Shout out to the pod father, Joey. We're going to have to learn to put some respect on Joey's name. Joey's been going through some stuff recently. And that's definitely the pod father. So here is my sleeper. Um, here it is. Classic. <laughs> right. I like that. Right. So everybody in the house, 
give a warm round of applause for the notorious B.I.G. The notorious B.I.G. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for me, y'all. A nigga never been as broke as me. I like that. When I was young, I had to pay a lead. Besides that, the pinstripes in the gray. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. My niggas flirt. I'm so tigers on my shirt and alligators. You wanna see the inside? I see you later. They come the trauma. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Wow. Why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. They come my intuition. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. The whole clock. Here comes respect. This but they might be next. Look at them in the eye. Big men, they never try. So we roll with them. Stole with them. I mean, loyalty. Niggas don't be whoops at lunch. The milk, the chocolate, the cookies, all the crunch. They ain't even ice cars. You pull them right up. That's the slice. I used to live in the middle of the Definitely 
the limit. Please be safe out there. Protect your energy. Stay away from anybody who is an enemy to your energy. If you have something that you want to do, if you have goals that you want to achieve, just like the song just said, the sky is the limit. You put your all into it. You avoid distractions. You avoid negative. You um stay away. Avoid negativity. Avoid anyone who is an enemy to your energy, and you go after your dreams. The sky is the limit. We got big things we're working on over here. Um. I'm doing a lot on my own, so it's taking me time. I know the podcasts are, um, sometimes I don't come on right away when I'm supposed to. My apologies, but I promise you I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, and I'm still completing the book. It took me way longer than I anticipated, but nothing comes overnight. Um, I'll tell you guys about that journey soon, but the first of the year, that's when I plan on every Friday, we go over the book, I read chapter, but we'll get into that at a later time. But the thing, I just want to let you guys know that I'm just putting in work. I don't take no days off the days that I'm not recording. Believe me, I ain't just sitting at home watching TV. I am putting in work and I'm just praying by the grace of God, everything comes together successfully. And, you know, even if everything doesn't go in my plan, I just, I'll feel just comfortable knowing that I tried the best I can. I'm so confident in God's plan that I don't even get upset anymore when things don't go his way because I know that he has a big plan. So the thing that I focus on and I tell myself everything to walk by faith, not sight and trust the process. Trust the process because everything comes in due time. And I want to spread that love you guys way as well because life is hard. Stress is at an all-time high. So avoid the negativity. Avoid the enemies to your energy and go after your goals. You can do it. The sky is the limit. So on that note, I love you guys. Thank you for your support. I'll be on soon for uh, so we can recap the next few episodes of season two of Surviving El Chapo and then Power Book 4 Force. I'll get that recap out this weekend for the season finale. We know December 1st, Raising Kana comes back. So listen, that's my favorite one out of the Power Universe spinoffs. And we support everything 50 Cent over here on this platform. I have made myself an honorary member of the Green Light Gang. <laughs> so I love you guys and just thank you so much. It's your girl Shanice. And I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl, Shanice.